Good morning, it's your Friday night DM, Shay Cormack speaking. It's Saturday morning, the night after a game. Um, mostly cleaned up after all the snacks and the drinks that we uh, managed to get through last night. One of the crazy things about um, my Friday night crew is everybody makes a point of bringing snacks and drinks uh, to share at the table. And in my garage, we've got a slowly growing pile of leftover. There's always at least one or two bags of chips and snacks that we don't even open. And often one or two bottles of uh, drink that don't get opened as well. And so I've got a slowly growing pile of leftover snacks. We could probably go two or three weeks um, without having any new uh, snacks or drinks brought uh, on a Friday night and still have enough. To snack on so a uh, big shout out to my Friday night crew um, for being so awesome and being really great guests to the garage and uh, bringing bringing some uh, supplies on that note I'm in the garage right now it's uh it's our gaming venue uh, I'll just owed to the garage it's a great space I've got just uh, rows of shelves set up along the back wall with all my crafted terrain sitting on it for easy access a big open space in the middle um, with a big table to sit around and play at and some additional uh, benches for crafting and putting all your junk on it's great to have a big dedicated space where we can spend our friday evening uh, playing DD. unfortunately in the winter it gets too cold out here and we have to retire inside to the lounge um, where we kind of move away from the 3D terrain because it's a bit space consuming and uh, move more into the theatre of the mind. Not sure how that's going to work this coming winter because we've got a little baby in the house and he's not the best sleeper. So people laughing and yelling and casting fireballs is probably not going to be conducive to him staying asleep. But uh, while we can, we'll keep glorying in the Friday night game in the garage at my place. Um, I was really stoked last night. Uh, I was talking to one of my players, or a couple of the players after after our game. Uh, shout out to Joel and Nathan. And I was mentioning to Joel that I thought, hey, um, you know, I, there's some things I want to do craft-wise for the next couple of sessions. It might be really good if we start alternating and you run a game. And Joel said to me, I know I listened to your podcast and uh, I was just really pretty chuffed by that and so again shout out to Joel but also Joel you've got to use the Anchor um, application and send me a call in and that reminded me that I wanted to have a shout out to Anchor and say Anchor the Anchor application is really awesome it's so fun and easy to make a podcast and one of the funnest thing about it is the call-ins when listeners call in um, with a message that you can then listen to potentially you can add it into your following episode and respond to it it's just really fun and i just encourage the few people out there that are listening to this uh, podcast download um, anchor onto your phone it's really small doesn't take up much space it's really easy just to push the button in the uh, top right hand corner to send me a call in and uh, I'd be really stoked to add it into my next episode 
and uh, just have a conversation with you. On that note, um, I do have a call-in, uh, so I'm going to stop talking and we'll listen to that call-in. Mr Cormac, got to take my hat off to you. I'm really enjoying your journal-type episodes. I love getting that glimpse behind the curtain and really enjoyed hearing about your crafting this this idea of your almost throwaway scenery, the one and done approach. Blast it out in cardboard, some markers, bit of glue, whatever, and away you go. The idea of the verticality as well. I think um, I could see how you could get some great sessions with that. I've experimented myself with my maps, exploring um the vertical kind of section through type maps and it definitely creates a, a different play experience so i look forward to hearing what other things you're going to be coming up with on future episodes take care i'll catch you later thanks for the call in colin uh you're re- you're really right uh, the verticality you can add to a game is a new element it uh, throws in a whole lot of challenges around movement for the characters um, but opportunity for them as well to do things that are new or um, figure out new ingenious ways to solve situations and problems and stuff like that and uh, so I've really enjoyed um, bringing more verticality into our game of D&D and uh, at the moment our characters are uh, descending into the underdark and so I kept playing on that theme of verticality this week and I created a spiral ramp um, that then I could, out of cardboard, that I could then place um, 2.5D terrain onto. So we had uh, a spiral and as you got to the bottom of the spiral, uh, you would start at the top of the spiral again. So it was like a tiling um, spiral stick, uh spiral um, tunnel system that led deeper and deeper into the underdark and introduced the players to the uh, the variety of mean and nasty things in the underdark that want to kill you and destroy all your equipment and so that verticality of something i'm just playing with a lot especially with this theme of the underdark and uh, going deeper underground Uh, but i wanted to give you guys some actual useful content this week and so I wanted to talk about timers as I've mentioned before I use a lot of the um, ICRPG style of play that's been introduced by Hanker and Furnal uh, at Runehammer if you want to go and check out more about that uh, go to Runehammer on YouTube and watch some of the videos there but most important to this conversation would be to watch the video about timers Now timers um, are generally a dice that's counting down. Often it's a d4, you roll the 1d4 um, and maybe you get a 3 on it and you display that to your players and every turn on the DM's turn you count that timer down, you turn it over to a 2 and ominously the players are all waiting to see what happens when when the timer runs out. Generally it's something bad happens when the timer runs out and uh, using timers brings a sense of um, imminence and threat and danger and a need to get things done 
and often that timer might be associated with um, with something that you might be able to stop. For example, just lately in my adventures, the spy guild who were trying to thwart the players in their every effort are quite often setting up barrels of explosives or Greek fire and then lighting the fuse. Now the fuse on these barrels is unpredictable and so when they light the fuse I roll a 1d4 and that dictates how many rounds until it, until it explodes. Now if it's very bad I might roll a 1 and the barrel is going to explode any moment and actually that makes it very bad for the spy himself as he's probably got to flee from the scene before he gets caught in the explosion. Or I might roll a 4 which gives a lot of time for one of the players to get to the barrel, fight off the spy and then douse the fuse before the barrel explodes and something really bad happens um, due to that explosion. So that's the basic idea of a timer, to really uh, squeeze the players and force them into action. One of the truisms of D&D is that most fights, the longer they go on, the more advantage the players start to accrue. I've seen so many fights in my career as a DM where it looks like the players are on the rope at about like round three of the combat, but if they get through that, they just slowly, they slowly start to accrue more and more advantage until they crush the enemies um, and there's no real challenge. So the timer can be really used to um, keep putting the squeeze on them because sometimes another um, possibility would be you roll a timer and in 1d4 turns a monster will spawn and when you spawn that monster you roll the 1d4 again and you keep spawning monsters uh, until the players destroy the summoning circle that the monsters are coming from. So that way you just keep pushing them. Anywho, those are really common uh, uses of the timer dice that you'll see on um, the Runehammer YouTube channel and I really suggest you go and watch that video because it's a masterclass in the use of timers but I've used timers in a couple of different ways lately that I've been really happy with. The first one is um, a delay timer. In one of my adventures the party is trying to get to a, a particular town um, to make an appointed meeting, a rendezvous um, with a contact of theirs in a specific pub at a specific time and they've got to be there on time and there could be consequences if they're late. So when I started um, a room, uh, a, a combat scene for them, I placed a timer, I had a d20 and I started it on one and every round that com of combat that went by I clicked that timer up to two, to three, to four. Now my players are quite used to the idea of timers so I didn't tell them what the timer was, but they started to get the idea that this timer going up was not a good thing. And um, what I had uh, on my sheet of notes was a little table that said, um, I've got it right here in front of me, if the timer only reached um, six, then they would arrive in town at, on time and make their meeting. If the timer got to seven or eight, they would be late for the meeting and uh, there was a further complication involved in being slightly late. If they got a 9 or a 10, they were going to be quite late to the meeting and if they got 11 or higher, they were going to be extremely late. If they were extremely late, 
their contact wouldn't be there. He would already have been kidnapped by the spies. So even though the timer wasn't introducing new threats in the moment to the, to the combat, to the table, it was a palpable sense of uh, choices for the characters. Near the end of the, the combat, one of the players in particular had the choice of staying um, in the scene and trying to get some healing or run quickly to the exit and end the timer clicking up. They chose to stay and get more healing and so the timer clicked up and it actually uh, contributed to the party being slightly late and having to deal with a complication um, before meeting with their contact. So that's a slightly different use of a timer. Last night's game, we used a timer in a, another new way. We had uh, this, as I mentioned before, a spiral tunnel that led down deeper and deeper into the Underdark. And the timer I used, I actually had two timers going. Um, no, scratch that. I had one timer going. I had a D10 and I actually started it on the zero because they were at the top level of the, um, of the spiral. And every time they got to the next level of the layer of the spiral, I would click that timer up. So they were on level zero to start with. Then they were in level one and level two and level three. And they were going to go 10 levels underground. I had a random, paired with that timer, I had a random encounter table. Now, the random encounter table was a D20 roll, but you add on the level dice, the timer counter. So when they're on level zero and I roll the 1D20, there's no modifier to that roll. And they're more likely to be able to get the very easy, oh, there was a treasure um, on number one but two to three was just like frightening noises. So there's more likelihood of them getting a, an easy light encounter in that first level. But by the time they get to level three, I roll that 1d20 for the random encounter and I'm gonna add three. So it starts to push the chances of them having a more difficult encounter higher up. Now you could do that same um, encounter table with 2d6 or 2d8 and still use the same mechanic of adding the, um, the level counter to it, but this did give the sense that things were getting worse the deeper they got, and it really did work. I mean, you could have a situation where you still just roll really low on the random encounters, but in reality, if you're gonna do 10 rolls on a random encounter table, yes, occasionally they might go to light encounter um, as they get deeper, but in general, they faced stiffer and stiffer odds as they moved down through the tunnel and uh, I really like these new alternative ways of using a timer counter. In some ways they fit a little nicer um, with D&D 5th edition, um, sometimes just continually to spawn um, lots of monsters. It gets a bit old on the players where every time you use a timer they know they're going to get another monster to face. Um, so I'm just trying to find new ways to use that timer dice. And I hope that gives you, gives you some inspiration out there um, about how you might better do new things with your timer dice. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. I just want to add one more note. One of the other effects of using that timer dice as they went deeper and deeper into the Underdark was when they realized that there was 10 levels of the spiral, 
when they got to about level eight, they realized they were very close to the end. So the timer was also giving them a sense of relief or, you know, they knew they were near safety or near the end of this particular trial. And so they began to uh, rush trying to get to the end of the spiral as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, and I thought that's something quite interesting that a timer can actually bring relief instead of a constant sense of impending doom. So take that and think about it. Cheers, guys.